Welcome to the Wake Up Podcast. I am so excited that you're here. Listen, these podcasts are best listened to in the morning because we are waking up not only our bodies from sleeping, but we're waking up our minds. We're waking up our focus. We're waking up our calling and we are following the breadcrumbs that God has left for us throughout the day over our life to tell us exactly what to do next. So stop saying that you don't know what to do. Stop feeling overwhelmed. Stop living in the valley and start walking into your calling. So I'm so excited you're here. Welcome to the show. So So not seeing most of you guys face-to-face, like soul-to-soul, we're in the same room next to each other. We can feel each other's energies. We can hug each other. We Like, I don't even know how tall you guys are. Isn't that weird? So I'm really tall. I don't know if you guys don't know that unless you met me, but I'm like five foot 11. So most people, when they see me, they're like, you're a lot taller than I thought you would be (laughs) because you just, you know, seeing someone on zoom is so different than seeing someone there. And a lot of people that I'm connected to, I've never even seen them on zoom. I don't even have that. It's only, they're seeing me. It's one-sided. They're seeing my content. They're seeing my stuff. They're listening to this recording. And the difference between what we do as people online making a difference or influencing or selling a product or you're doing something online the the biggest difference is obviously you're online and but you can't connect to your customer like you used to you didn't have someone walking into a store saying hey can you help me this is what I'm looking for you know you don't have that you're just trying to scream and throw who you are and what you offer out into the open internet air waiting for someone to be like oh that's me and they can connect with you So I have been in that recovery class for since January and Becca says I'm a shorty. (laughs) She says she's fun sized. That's cute. (laughs) Um, Is that since January, I've been in this recovery program in my church and I didn't know why I was there. I felt like I was healed. And then when I got in it, I was like, oh, how funny that I thought that I was like healed because I'm so broken still. And so What God has showed me through that group though, is connecting face to face with my ideal person, my, my person that I can help the most, my person in the Valley, my person who is broken and helpless and hopeless and desperate for change. God, it was the first time that I was brought back into a circle with people like that, like real face to face. So the more I go to that class and people open up and I have things to share and I have help to offer and I have things to give. I'm realizing how much more I even love that because it's like, get your feet wet in something and see how it is, see how it goes. A lot of times we just need to start something a little bit. Like, let me just start and see how I like this. Let me just get this going and see where I want to take this next. Just because you make a decision doesn't mean that this is what you have to do forever And a lot of times we spend so much time just getting ourselves ready that we never actually do the thing. And we don't realize that once we do the thing, we're not even going to like it as much as we thought we did. We're going to lose interest in it, or we're not going to want to do it. So God links things in your life that will expose you and give you the experience of some things. Like he brought me into this class so that I could be face-to-face with people. Again, I can see how much I love that energy and how much I'm able to help by reading people's body languages, seeing their eye contact, little things that I notice in people because 
I, I've come out of this like haze kind of um, feeling over the last couple of weeks. It's been getting clearer and clearer. And I shared this before that I just, I feel like I'm ready. I feel like I'm like ready to do the next thing to like, I'm ready to put myself back out there. I'm ready to start working again. I'm, I'm just ready. I feel like I'm at a good place to do that. And I'm feeling like that readiness goes back to life coaching and helping people get their lives better. When I see someone who is struggling and failing in their life, I am 100% confident that I can help them. Like I am one more than a hundred percent confident because God is my tool. And so I'm like a million percent, but I know, like I was listening to someone the other day, open up and share about how her anxiety is so bad and her depression is terrible. And she can't really do anything because her depression is so bad. And her mom guilt is just even worse. And she's struggling with her kids and she's struggling in her marriage and she's struggling with her health. And she feels all alone and she's isolating herself. And she's like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And this isn't just one person I've talked to. This is like the hundredth person I've talked to who's experiencing this. Because when I started opening up and sharing how I was feeling, more people kind of let down that shame and, and condemnation wall. And were like, this is me. I'm experiencing this too. I kind of felt like when I was experiencing this this hazy, like negative life of just being miserable and overwhelmed, or maybe you're not like at the bottom of it, but you're just kind of like blah, like nothing. You're just, mm, you're just kind of like, mm, I'm not like bad. I'm not good. I don't know. I'm just kind of blah. Like that's not a good place to live either because you don't, your soul still isn't on fire. Your little pilot light might be still going where it's like, oh, I think there's something burning in there, but it's not enough to make an impact. It's not enough to heat up the water. It's not enough to heat up the house. It's just like just there. So that's not a good place to live either. But I realized where the devil has had a stronghold in my life when I kept seeing the word condemnation everywhere I looked. Like it was at church. It, I kind of heard it. And then I was reading a book and she talked about it. And then I was listening to Michael Todd's cuffed season that he's preaching currently. He has like maybe six or seven parts out right now. And it's like cuffed to comfort, cuffed to comments, cuffed to condemnation is part five. And I listened to it and I realized that this is something that I've been cuffed to. I've been cuffed to condemnation. And so many of us have also been, and I'm not even going to attempt to preach it like Michael Todd, because I can't even touch on what he says. And it's two hours and something minutes long, but I realize that this is the bottom cause, the stem that's holding everyone in this place. Like you, you're in this season and you know that you need to do something different, but no matter what people tell you, you have an excuse. No matter what you know to be true to yourself, you're still not doing it. You know, like you're beating yourself up. You don't need someone to come and condemn you because you're condemning yourself enough. Or he talks about like, if you've sinned and you've, you've cheated 
you just are holding on to the fact that you're a cheater and you're just a cheater and this is your sin and this is who you are. And he talks about the difference between sin and identity. And they're two totally different things that you could cheat, but not be a cheater. And you can steal and not be a thief. And the devil uses our sin and uses those things in our life to condemn us, to hold us small so that we don't go out and experience God's love. There's, and he goes and says all the scriptures about condemnation and God did not condemn us. God did not come here to condemn us, but to set us free. And the devil is the one who uses that trick. He tries to convict you and convince you of, oh, you're not good enough. Look at you. Look at you. You're so bad. You still sin. You think you're good. No, you're still drinking. No, you're still lying. You're still doing these things. April says, because we're taught to just be happy and what we have, and it's a good job. Mm-hmm. And he talks about a lot of limiting beliefs and um, talks about like just naturally being wired because we're in a society of people that are wired different than how you're supposed to be. And it's really relatable and it's really good. I highly recommend everyone go listen to him and get out of it what the Holy Spirit is trying to give you. But I'm realizing that if the devil keeps you in your head, feeling like you're not enough, feeling like you're not doing enough, having this guilty conscious, this mom guilt, or this, you're just condemned with sin. You're never going to do what God created you to do. And, and God put you here, whether you believe it or not, for a reason, for a purpose. You went through certain things that he used to be able to further his good for your life. He has given you passions. He's wired your brain a certain way. If you think a little different than other people, he did that on purpose. If you have a heart for the homeless, if you have a heart for special needs, maybe you are really passionate about politics. You're passionate about health. These things aren't just by coincidence. God needed your influence in these areas. But if the devil can quiet us and keep us not realizing this, we will never do what we're supposed to do. And it doesn't matter what level you are of success or where you're at in your business, a timeline, if you've had your business for 30 years, 10 years, two months, the devil will still try to attack you just because you make it or you make a lot of money or you do something doesn't mean that you're off limits. And this is something that he's holding everyone back on where you just kind of sit in your filth. Like you're just sitting and you're moping and you're like, but this, but this is so hard. And I don't know what to do about this. And I just don't feel good. And I'm just depressed and I'm just so anxious. And I saw this reel recently that it was the voiceover. And it said, if the devil is trying to get you to think bad about yourself and then for you to speak bad about yourself so that you're condemning yourself instead of him condemning you. If you think I'm so lazy gosh, I'm such a procrastinator. I never do anything like I'm supposed to. And you're thinking that, and that's the truth that you're telling yourself in your head. And then why, when we get together with people, do we say that out loud? Why do we tell our husband like, yeah, I'm such a procrastinator. If I just wasn't a procrastinator all the time and procrastinated everything, or you're with your friends and you're like, yeah, man, that's me. Classic Taryn, always procrastinating. Like you're speaking it out loud. And now, like we talked about on that, on the last call, episode 64, about you think it, you say it, you hear it. It's three times more effective. It can go in a positive way and it can go in a negative way. 
And the devil's trying to get you to say these things out loud. So where it starts for me, what I'm going to do is it starts by, I'm no longer going to physically speak the condemnation that I feel to anyone, anyone at all. I'm just not going to say it. I'm not going to say it anywhere besides to God. And I'll pray for it and I'll talk to God about it. God already knows, but I'm not going to say it out loud anymore because I'm sick of condemning myself and I'm sick of hearing myself talk bad about myself. If God wouldn't say it, you shouldn't say it either. Would God say, gosh, Terry, you're such a procrastinator. You never do anything you're supposed to do. No, he, he would never speak bad ever. And he wouldn't, I mean, he would convict you if you're procrastinating something that he's told you to do and you're still not doing it, he's going to try to get you to wake up. But if all you hear is the same thing on repeat in your head of, I suck, I never do what I'm supposed to, I really need to get it together. I really need to change. I need to start doing that. You're never going to hear his instruction. And the area that he's been holding me back in, the devil's been holding me back in this is I'm still repeating this thing in my head. Like I'm just, I'm just not ready to work yet. I'm just not healed enough to work. I'm just not, I'm just not ready. I'm just not ready. And I just keep saying this in my head, in my head, in my head. And I'm feeling like I'm not ready because I'm still struggling in areas. But when I realized that me wallowing and feeling like I'm so broken and I need to heal and I I still am experiencing like a little procrastination or I'm still not perfect or I'm still need the approval of people. Like I still have these things I'm hanging on to a little bit. The more I focus on myself, the less I can focus on my job and my job is other people. All of our jobs is our other people. Yes. Do you need to pause and put yourself first and fix you? Yeah. Because that person I was talking to that was complaining about, about her life and all the things that she was going through and, and needed help and was just pouring her heart out. My first question to her was, have you ever saw a therapist? Because she was talking about her son and her son and her husband and her house and her stuff. What about you? What about you? You say that you have depression that you can remember as far back as you can remember that you haven't dealt with. So like, tell me about how you're fixing that. Because if that's the lens you're under, it doesn't matter what changes in your life. It won't change because it does start with you. It really does. But once you're, once you started that, once you started healing that, once you're working forward, you have to cling on to the promise that you will be healed, that God will help you. He will show up. He will be there every single step of the way. It's going to happen. Like, at what point did I stop believing that this was going to happen? I I started realizing I've always been the person that's like, oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make it happen. This is going to happen. I'm creating something huge. Whatever's coming is going to be monumental. I've even told April before, I remember texting her and telling her, like, I feel like I can feel the tracks vibrating, like the train is coming, like something is coming, like this is happening, this is crazy, this is working. And then now when I think of that, I'm kind of like, well, if my book sells, if I sell, like, mm, 
If I sell like 20 copies, I'll be happy. I literally thought that the other day. And I was like, what are you even thinking? That is not what the affirmation says on the computer. That is not what God told you. You think you're only going to impact 20 people's lives? No, no. So my thinking like twisted. And I was like, when did I stop believing in myself like I used to? Like I'm writing a best-selling book. What I'm doing is going to change the world. Who I, it's because I've just been sitting in my filth of condemnation of just, well, I don't know if this is going to work. And maybe God just called me to just, just really focus on my house and focus on my family and not focus on anything else. Maybe that's what he wants me to do is just focus on my kids, focus on my husband, focus on my, my family, my mom, my grandma, my aunt. Maybe that's it. Maybe I'm not supposed to impact the world. Maybe I'm not supposed to write a book. Maybe I'm not supposed to have a podcast or be online. It's just all this negative thinking. It's all just the devil. And I know that April, like I know that it's too much to share and I'm meant to write a book and Oh, Melanie says, I look forward to buying it. Like, I know these things. I know it. I know it. But deep down, that's how I know it's not my voice is because they're not my thoughts. Like me true, like my true soul knows the truth, knows who I am, knows who I'm made for. Like that deep, 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 deep down seed, I know. And I have the Holy Spirit. I've received the power of the Holy Spirit. And the word power means to possess control. So the Holy Spirit has control. And so I know who I am. But this voice I hear that's disguised in my voice doesn't line up with my own soul thoughts. April says, sometimes we're afraid of our own success and then imposter syndrome comes in and it's all derails us. Yeah, like at any minute, you're going to be found out. Like, oh, not you. You're not the type of person who writes a book. Or you're not the type of person who, who has an online business or not, not you. It's never going to work for you. And then if it does work, you're like, oh, I think it was a mistake. I didn't like really get here. Like I had favor. I had something happen. It was like a one-off, like not me. And I'm just so sick of seeing other people live in their filth. I like, I actually like got irritated with this woman, not like irritated with her, but with her words. And it like made my pilot light just blow up. And I couldn't even, I couldn't even hold it in. I couldn't even help it. I just like said it. And I was like, you know what? You are either going to let the devil win or you're going to stand up and get mad and say, I'll be damned if you take my family. This whole like, oh, poor me, like, oh, I'm depressed. I'm going to wake up. The devil is after your family and he's winning right now. And he's after you and he's after your marriage and he's after your kids and he's after your job and he's after your fulfillment and your passion and your purpose and your calling and your identity. He's after it all. And when we, when we have the mindset of woe is me and don't get me wrong, I've been sitting in my filth for, for a year and a half, like get up, wake up, realize that people hurt you. You've experienced trauma. You have sinned. You screwed up. You messed up. 
you now are going to be healed because Jesus says that you can be a new creation and you can experience a life far greater than what you think you can. And if you keep doubting yourself or keep speaking negativity to yourself, you're never going to achieve it. I was spending time listening to that condemnation, um, cuff to condemnation this morning. And halfway through it, I, I opened Facebook and I started typing this message to my friends on Facebook. I haven't posted on Facebook in probably two months. I don't go on Facebook anymore, really, because ever since I quit my social selling business, I hate doing anything socially. I want to do things face to face. I don't want to do things on social media, but I know that I have a lot to share. And I know that I have a lot to offer and I've been through a lot and I have so many tools and tips and prayers and guidance that I can offer you from parenting to marriage, to depression, to health, to friendship, to balance. I I can, because I've become a, a student in all of these things. I want, I want to help people because I know that I can. But because the devil put this muzzle on me and I, I left it on, I have two hands. I can remove it. I left it on and just thought, I'm just burnt out of social media. I'm just burnt out. I just, I can't do it anymore. I just, I'm just burnt out. (laughs) That's just what I kept saying. Like, I'm just burnt out. And I would ignore my messages for a really long time. I would, I still do this, by the way, if you've messaged me, you'll know. And so I just like hide and I ignore and I isolate. I'm like, "Mm, no, I can't do this right now. This is too much. I'm burnt out. But as I was listening to Michael Todd, I realized that condemnation has kept me from opening my mouth and sharing what needs to be shared. I realized that I have all these people on Facebook that followed me for who I was and what I did, not in a business sense. They followed me for tips and inspiration and to feel good. Like when they feel bad, they come to my page and they'll feel better. They'll feel equipped. They'll feel like they can do this. And I let all that go. And I'm just realizing that I'm praying over here for a platform and I'm praying for God to use me and I'm praying for God to show me the way. And then I'm watching people on Instagram and I'm seeing their success. Like they're speaking at VidCon or they're speaking at the passion convention and there's all these people and they're being asked to speak and they're getting awards and they're doing all this. And I'm like, God, one day, like one day I'm going to have this retreat, this soul revival where we're going to get together. We're going to pour into each other. We're going to grow our identity. We're going to explode our passion. We're going to connect. Like, I can't wait for this day. Just give me this platform, Lord. Turn on my mic. Help me walk in this direction. And I see that there's literally a stage that's set up. The microphone is on the stage and it's turned on and the crowd is standing in front of it, sitting in a chair, kind of falling asleep because nobody's coming on the stage. And God has given me the stage and said, this is your stage. This is your stage. I set it up for you. I gave you a microphone and there's a crowd of 5,000 people waiting for you to talk. But you're praying for a stage and, and a group to impact. You're not even impacting the people that I gave you. You're not even doing the small thing that I told you to do. And that's what the scripture says is in the 
in the whole scripture about the parable, like I gave you little and you should take care of it so that you get more. Good job, faithful servant. You were careful with little, so I will give you more. I will put you in charge of more things. And how much are we not doing what God told us because we're condemned? Because we're just sitting in our shame and guilt of, well, one day. And it's like, we need to wake up because there are people who need what we have to offer. There's people looking for what you're going to sell. And I'm preaching to the choir. I'm preaching to myself because there's a lot of ideas that I've gotten into motion that I started doing and I stopped and I picked up something else and I started doing it. And then I stopped and I picked up something else. So I have all these things. I have like 20 things that are on like step seven, but nothing that is at step 10, which is completed because I've done that. Like, well, I'm going to do that. Mm, okay. I don't know. It's like doubt comes in, fear comes in, like the unknown comes in, like how long am I going to do this for comes in. And then you see this shiny object of like, oh, look over here and you know how to do it and you feel excited about it. And so you're like, I'm just going to start doing this. And then I'll, I'll just put this on the back burner for like a couple of weeks and I'll pick it back up. But you don't, you don't yet. And then you just start something else because you see something else shiny. And now this is how I've learned the Holy Spirit works through me. And has told me, okay, I want you to do this a little. Okay, stop. Not now, right now. Keep this where it is. I want you to go over here and start this. Like books, I'll be listening to a book on audio. I'll pause the book randomly. Like I get to the store or whatever, pause the book. Don't pick it up for three months. Like don't, don't listen to it for three months. And then all of a sudden I'll be like, oh, I think I want to listen to this book today. And I randomly pick the book and I press play. And it's exactly what I needed to hear in that moment. Like exactly. That's the Holy Spirit leading you and guiding you. You're losing interest in the book because it's not something that's like hitting your soul so hard that you're understanding. So you lose interest, but then your soul knows when to pick it back up. So this whole like start, stop, start, stop is actually a good thing. Don't condemn yourself and think this is me. Oh my gosh, I'm so bad. I suck. This is why I'm not successful. Don't go there because that's what we're trying to avoid realize that you do things for a reason and it all works out in the end. God says, I will lead you. Remember, you have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has power over control. So your job is to let go of control, like let go. And the reason why we don't do a lot of things is because it's just not fun for us. Like we know that we need to do something, but we just aren't doing it. Ask yourself, what could you do to make this more fun? Like, for an example, my husband goes and he has an outdoor living area business, landscape business. Um, and what he has to do is people book on his schedule and he goes to their house and he gives, he tells them what he would do. They agree on something. He comes home writes out the quote and then emails it to them and then goes and meets with them again. Well, he procrastinates writing the quote because all these other things start happening. So he goes to the person's house instead of doing it like in their driveway, he has to go to another appointment, another appointment, another appointment. He's on the phone. He's on the phone. He's on the phone. He comes home. We're eating dinner. We're doing this stuff. And he's like, I really need to do those quotes. Like, I really need to do those quotes. Like, if I don't do the quotes, I'm not going to get the business. Like, I have to do the quotes. 
And so we were talking the other night, I'm like, why aren't you doing the quotes? Like, are they hard? He's like, no. I'm like, do you not know how to do them? No, because those are two big things. Like we avoid things that are hard and things that we don't know how to do. Like, it's just so many unknown things. Like start a podcast. You're like, I literally don't even know where I would start. So that's like in the back of your head, like I need to start a podcast, but you don't even know where to begin. So it just stays in the back. Like I should start a podcast, but you, you don't even know. So that's one of the things, or if you know what you have to do, but you're just like, you don't like to do that or it's hard. Like, I don't want to push myself to do it because it's hard. So then I asked him, and this is a question I learned from my coach, Melissa, what could you do to make this more fun? Like, what could you do to make it more fun to type quotes? Like, what would make it fun for you? I know that doing it at night when the kids go to bed and then it's your alone time with me to do something that you're choosing to do quotes. I know that's like the most miserable time because all we get is a two, three hour window after the kids go to bed before we go to bed to hang out. And that's what he wants to do the most. So I know him forcing himself to do it at night isn't fun. So why don't you stop trying to do them at night? When else could you do these quotes? And so we started talking about it. And he's like, usually in the morning, I'm like, really like spot on. I would feel so accomplished if I could do it in the morning. I'm like, okay, then we need to start making a plan so you can do these in the morning. What does your schedule look like tomorrow? When can you put this in, put yourself aside, block off time, focus, do these things. And then when he made that plan, he's like, this feels so good. I really want to do like This feels so much better. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to doing the quotes. And we do that all the time. Like I remember when I was recruiting and I told Melissa that I hated recruiting. I was like, I hate recruiting new people. And I know that I have to recruit people, but I hate recruiting them. And she's like, what do you hate about it? I'm like, well, I feel like, or she said, do you think you're bad at it? I said, no, I think I'm actually really good at it. But what is going to require me to be successful is getting on Zoom with people instead of just texting. I needed to get better with like, hey, can you hop on Zoom real quick? And let's talk about the opportunity instead of let me just text you. And this takes six months to text. I'm like, I don't want to get on Zoom with people though. (laughs) I don't want to do that. She said, why? I said, because I feel like I have to like convince someone or I'm trying to sell them. And she said, what if it was your ideal person? What if it was someone on the other end who was 100% into what you were saying? They, you knew that you could help them. And it was like, you were jiving. I was like, oh, I would totally talk to that person. If I don't have to convince someone and they're already convinced, I would talk to them. So she helped me build a funnel that would get someone convinced And the person who I was looking to talk to on the Zoom would get on and then I could be on the Zoom with them. And when I started doing that, it was like things were so fun for me and I started recruiting again because I found something that would work for me. We have to give ourselves enough freedom to do things the way that it's going to be fun. Like if you work from home, like Alicia works from home. So if you work from home, you don't have to work in your office. Like you just have to do your job. So if you want to lay in bed and answer emails, you can do that. As, as long as, you know, your boss and everything, you're not like on Zoom and, you know, you like have to be connected to the phone, but you don't have to do things the way that you don't want to do them. You can do things that make you happy. 
for me, I've been trying to force myself and write my book in the morning. And it's been really hard for me, really, really hard. And then I'm like, well, I'm just going to do it in the middle of my day. And then last night I was thinking, I was like, I should start writing at night. Why not? I would love to write at night. I'm a night owl. I could stay up till one, two o'clock in the morning. All my kids are in bed at night. I can lay in my bed. I can have my tea. I can be in comfy clothes. Everyone's sleeping and I can just type away. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do that right now. And I grabbed my laptop and I, and I wrote for one hour and it felt amazing. So if you're not doing something, maybe it's because you're just trying to force yourself to do it. You don't need to force yourself to do it. I used to repeat this mantra in my head when I was trying to be super successful, successful people do things they don't want to do. And the more things they don't want to do that they do, the more successful they become. And I would look at my schedule and I would see I had 17 calls that day. And I would be like, you know what? 17 steps closer to success. I'm going to be successful. I'm going to do all this crap I don't want to do. And one day I'm going to be successful. But th that's not true. That's a limiting belief. It's not true. Just because you do a bunch of crap you don't want to do doesn't mean you're going to be happy and joyful and feel fulfilled and passionate. It's not just about making the money. Like I've said that so many times and I hope that people truly get that. I think people are starting to, but it's not just about the money. It can't be. It won't feel good when you get there. But there's things that you know that you need to do next, but you're either holding yourself in this fear, doubt, condemnation of, oh, I need to do it. I need to do it. I'm not good enough. You either need to do that and let go of that and listen to Michael Todd's series and really learn to let go of this so that you can be free and you can become the person that you need to be. Or you need to realize that you need more time and you actually need to put yourself first and you need to start healing yourself. If there's something that's been a problem for a really long time, address it, get help. You're not weak. If you go find a therapist, you're not weak. If you go see a psychiatrist, you're not weak. If you get put on medication, you're not weak. If you are doing these things, you're actually strong. And a lot of times we just think that we're going to be weak if we talk about it or address it or think about it. So we just sweep it under the rug and just, I'll think about it tomorrow. And tomorrow you'll think about it tomorrow. And tomorrow you'll think about it tomorrow. You can't live like that. You can't. April says, I used to think that was so wrong. I was like, only money is literally going to help. But then I worked on myself and realized now no amount of money could pay for the happiness inside my soul and my trust in the Lord. I remember April, you saying one time when I was like, I said something about like, it's not about the money. The money is not going to make you happy. You're like, it will. For me, it will. I know that it will. <laughs> and I was like, I mean, you were like joking too. But that's how we feel is like, no, maybe for you, maybe for you, money didn't make you happy. Money is going to make me real happy. It's going to, that's all I fight about is money. That's all the problem is, is money. But it's not, it only is because you don't have it. But once you have it, the problem will be something else. And that's kind of how it works. It just keeps jumping to whatever you don't have. But I used to think that in order to have a fulfilled, happy life where you're abundant, you're free, you're all these things like mm, lucky you, 
lucky you that you got that life. And I realized that that life isn't just given, even if you're born into a celebrity family or a really rich family or a well-known family, or you have the perfect mom and dad. Yeah. We're all born in different situations and some of us have it easier in other areas, but it doesn't matter that life, that joy, that fulfillment, that passion, that purpose, waking up every day and just feeling excited to live, being grateful, loving your, loving your life, having a good marriage. I was thinking the other day, like when's the last time, if you're married, you don't, and you don't, I don't want you to answer. I mean, you can answer if you want to, but just think about it. Like when's the last time you made love to your husband? Like soulful connection. Wow. Our souls became one. When's the last time you had like a meaningful conversation with one of your kids that you were like, both in good moods, neither of you were offended and you were having a deep conversation about something that mattered and you were like finding out about them or they were opening up and talking to you. I'm like waiting for April to type. I can't wait to see what she says. <laughs> oh, it's hit or miss on the main love. <laughs> and that's how it is for all of us in one area or another that we're struggling in an area and just feeling like, oh, making love, main love, making love, same thing. Um, it's, in you know, one area or another, we're struggling and we think like, well, this is just, this is just what I have. This is who I married. Or this is the job I picked. Or this is my health. Or, well, this is my emotions. This is who I am. These are my kids. What am I supposed to do? And we have this thought, but it's actually not true. Just because you have something doesn't mean that that's all you have. Do you know that the majority of things will change around you if you change yourself? If you can have more self-control, if you can have less pride, if you can show more love, if you can have more patience, the things around you will change, can change night and day. You don't realize how much power and control the Holy Spirit has when you give the spirit the opportunity to control it and you stop trying to control and you spend more time with God communicating what you need help with and letting him know what you need and being grateful for the things you already have and working on an area. It requires work on an area. And you must first let go of the condemnation so then you can get to work and say, that is the old me. That is done and gone. I am changing. I'm becoming new. If you want an amazing marriage, it's going to require you to work on it a lot. You're going to have to read books. You're going to have to open up and talk to people about your problems. You're going to have to go see professional help. You're going to have to fight and fight and fight and fight. And fighting is good. A lot of people are like, I don't care. I'm just not going to fight anymore. No, that's what the devil wants you to do. Just like with my friend. Are you going to let the devil just take your family because you're just too tired and you can't do it anymore? Like, you know what? I'm just done. I'm just done. That's exactly what the devil was waiting for you to do let go of the rope. He's pulling on the other side. You just let go of the rope. Mm, I just can't do it. But 
God's holding onto the rope behind you and you need to let him pull and fight for your battles and pray, pray over your marriage, make a list of things he tells you to do work on the things, or if it's your job or your kids, if you're struggling with your kids, your kids' attitudes, the way that they're acting, the things that they're doing, the sin, they're, you're really struggling in every area. Like you don't feel like you're connecting with them. You don't even have enough time. They always have these, they're in these bad moods, like all this, then you need to take control of that. You need to listen to podcasts. You need to read books. You need to talk to a mentor. You need to talk to your kids. You need to learn. You need more tools in your toolbox. That's really all you need is more tools in your toolbox and you can overcome it because God promises that we can, you can overcome this demon that your children has. You can overcome this in your marriage. You can overcome this unhappiness, but you have to believe that you can and know that it's coming and you can't just wallow and sit there forever and just keep saying, I'm just so sad. I'm just so sad. I'm just so unhappy. I said that over and over and over. It's like all I would tell my husband. I just want to be happy. I'm just, I'm just so sad. I don't know why I'm just so sad. And like, thank God I have him because he's always been like, okay, stop crying about it and just get over it, which I've hated him for because he can't relate to mental health issues. He can't relate to addictions. He's like, just stop doing it. You know, it's like, well, it's not that easy, like just to stop doing it or just to get over it. Like, I'm like, I'm just so sad. He's like, okay, well, just get over it. How do you just get over it? Like, I can't get over it. Like, it's not that simple. If it was, I would stop doing it. You think I like to be this way? No, I just want to be happy. I just want to be fulfilled. I just want to feel joy. And I don't. And the number one way is to let go of the condemnation and listen to Michael Todd's part five, all about it. Um, he's with transformation church, by the way, if you're looking him up, it's, he should pop right up when you, I think when you type in Michael on YouTube, it pops up. Like he's that like popular that, you know, everyone's on there, but you have to let go of condemnation and then you have to start moving and realize that if the devil is trying to hold you back so hard and muzzle you, don't you think he's scared of you? Don't you think he's fearful of what you're going to do? Like, whoa, we can't let April go because, oh yeah. If April gets out there, like it's going to be bad. We need to just shut her up because I don't want her to say anything to anyone. And just puts those thoughts right in your head of I'm not good enough. And this isn't going to work. And, and then you just stay there. Um, speaking of April, she says, I was introduced to a new author, Catherine Ponder. She is supposed to be very similar to Florence. First one I'm reading is open your mind to receive. Ooh, that's amazing. Um, Catherine Ponder with a C. And we've talked about Florence before. She's my favorite author. Florence Scovel Shin is her name and amazing books on Audible. Um, another book that I just heard is if you have, um, little boys, it's called wild things. Okay. It's not where the wild things are or whatever that, <laughs> that book's called. 
I think it's called wild things. Um, how to, and then underneath it says like nurturing young boys. So if you have young boys in your life, it's really good to read this because it talks all about how just they're wired so wildly and how to raise them the right way and not just beat that out of them or make them think they're too wild. Like just sit down and stop being so hyper. So that's a good one. I just told my sister-in-law about it because she has a little two-year-old, almost three-year-old boy. And it's going to be hard for her. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I have a book for you. Uh, Mariana says, this is so true. My husband went through this depression phase because he was condemning and wouldn't believe that God loves him and revive his love and grace or receive his love and grace. Yep. So many of us, thank you for sharing. So many of us are sitting in this spot, but so in the middle of listening to this, I open Facebook and I just start typing and I basically start telling everyone on Facebook this message of where I've been and how I was just so focused on my hurt, um, you know, leaving the industry that I left, it was, it was very hurting. I was very hurt. It was, it was all I knew for seven years. I left really nasty. It was a nasty breakup. Um, I guess I want to say I didn't like have the closure that I wanted and it was hard. And I had a lot of trauma and a lot of PTSD and a lot of anger and resentment and hurt. And it took me a while. I had to sit there for a minute and heal and, and let God revive me. But then I got to the point where I just was ready, you know? So I posted that on Facebook that I said that this is kind of what happened to me. This is where I've been, but I'm back. And I'm going to start showing up on Facebook now as like a blog style where I'm going to share random thoughts that I'm having. I'm going to share books I'm reading. I'm going to share sermons I'm listening to, and it's going to be like a hub on my personal Facebook for anyone to go to when they're feeling down and they're feeling like they just need some time growing spiritually. I want to help people grow spiritually because so many people don't know how to do that and they don't know where to start and it's overwhelming. And so I'm going to make my Facebook that place to go to. And I think I'm finally ready now to do different things in different ways because I'm letting go of this condemnation and it's held me back for so long. So don't just dismiss it and think I'm not condemning myself. I, I don't think I struggle with this. Go and listen to that sermon and really evaluate yourself. Pray first that the Holy Spirit reveals to you anything and convicts you of anything that's going on that you can look into and you can start working towards because this could be the last shackle that's around your ankle holding you back that you're cuffed to that you can let go of this and you're going to start to experience so much more freedom and passion and happiness and joy um, through that so go listen to that thank you for being here this morning thank you for being on live all all, all of you i love you all so much the soul revival will be here before we know it it's going to happen. We're going to make it. So I'll be talking more about that, but thank you for being here. Love you. Have a good week and a good weekend. We'll see you Monday. Bye. Thank you for listening and spending your morning with me. I pray that God blesses your day and that he helps you to see the calling that is on your life. Lord, 
help us to be obedient to what you've called us to do. Help us to walk in our day side by side with you and link with your power instead of trying to do it on our own. We know we cannot do this on our own, although we try. Please continue to help us and continue to lead us and guide us. We love you so much in Jesus's holy name. Amen. Have a blessed day. Thanks for being here. Oh, and don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Taryn Sarconi so that you can grow with me and you can learn how to get out of the valley, how to stay out of the valley and exactly what to do to have the best life ever in 2022.